Edition Sports with Yossi. I'm Yossi in the center today. I'll be recapping the Ravens last two weeks, the games against the Saints and the Panthers. Then in about six minutes, I'll take you through the Ravens' route to the 2018 playoffs. What they've got to do to get there. In about 12 minutes, we'll go through the NFL trade. That's all coming up and more today on Sports with Yosef. So the Ravens, home against the Saints. Well, it was expected to be a great game. You've got one of the best quarterbacks all time versus a great defense that I just posted up 11 sacks against a mobile Marcus Mariota. Well, it was a little bit different at home. The Ravens did not get a sack. They didn't get an interception. And really until the fourth quarter, they played great. Yeah, they gave up a touchdown to Breeze, which happened to be his 500th touchdown. He's a third quarterback to have done that all time, along with Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. But the Ravens were playing okay. The game really started off, though, in a very aggressive format where here's what happened. Saints have the ball first. They're driving down the field. They fake a punt. They go for it on fourth down. Ravens used both challenges on that first Saints drive, which took about 10 minutes off the clock. One of the challenges they won, one of them they lost. I think they should have won both of them. The one they lost was a fumble. I don't know why they didn't call it a fumble. It was it was a pretty complicated play. But the Ravens were able to stop the Saints, and they were able to get their drive going and get some points on the board. And going into the fourth quarter, they had not given up a second, half, or overtime touchdown all year. And then they gave up 17 points to Drew Brees. But Joe Flacco, the man of the hour, came back. And with the under two minutes to go, he led a touchdown drive, which capped it to Michael Crabtree, about a 20-yard pass. And then Mr. Automatic, well, he came on. He had been 222 out of 222 of extra points. He had not missed an extra point since high school, 12 years to be exact. He came on, the kick is up, and no good. His, fo his plan for was too close to the ball. And the Ravens, well, they would lose that one in a heartbreaking style. But they knew, they knew that they just played a good team. They had done a good job of them for most of the game. And it gave them hope for the future. And really could set this team up for great things to come later. Well, they went to Carolina. And the Ravens got a stop early. It's, then Flacco went a nice long drive for a touchdown. I'm sorry, they had that drive first, then got the stop, got the ball back at their own, want to say one, and they took the ball, they got out to about the 10. Third down and one. It's a gadget play. It's Lamar Jackson. He's racing to his right. He has Willie Sneed wide open, who's on a deep crosser route, maybe 20 yards down the field, and Lamar Jackson throws it to the feet of Willie Sneed. On comes a punting unit for John Harbaugh, and they snap it to the up man, who got the first down. Flags flying, though, as they refs call the Ravens for an illegal formation. A very, very debatable call and they said that the guy who they snapped it to was in motion when the ball was snapped and it was a very debatable call 
I'm not alone in saying I don't think it should have been called. But the Ravens, they didn't get it their way, and they were forced to punt it away. And it really went just downhill from there. Flacco, he was interesting. I mean, he just had some drives, and he made a couple of just bad throws. And then the Ravens, besides for the questionable penalty on the fake punt, well, there were three penalties. Two that were that were called, one that should have been. And the Ravens, they didn't go any of them their way. There were two penalties on pass interference on Willie Sneed. Neither of them were good penalties. None of the flags should have been thrown. And then Willie Sneed on a quick out pattern, he caught the ball, he was out of bounds, and then he was leveled by the Panthers defense. No flags there. Why not personal foul? Late hit out of bounds. It just wasn't going the Ravens' way. And you can have games like that. You really can. And the Ravens, they've got to keep on taking st- drives and stringing them together. Taking one good play here, one good play there, putting them together. Because, well, they had a couple deep shots. Crabtree and Brown deep. And Flacco overthrew them by a yard a couple of times. And they weren't able to get that deep shot. And it's a completely different game if they get that deep shot. And it, it kind of hurt them. But there was a couple of bright sides. Well, in the fourth quarter, late fourth quarter, it was number eight for the Ravens who came on to lead this Ravens offense. Lamar Jackson, he looked good leading the offense in a touchdown drive. He looked very calm. He looked much better than he looked in week one against Buffalo. And it definitely looks like the Ravens are doing the right job in bringing him along. And looking forward... This is a Ravens team that they're looking on from their quarterback. Joe Flacco, they're probably trading him at the end of the season. And it's very good to see how Lamar Jackson is handling the situation and going on to become, the hopefully, the Ravens franchise quarterback and lead to a couple Super Bowls. Let's take a look at the Ravens' playoff chances, what they have to do to get to the playoffs, and how it's going to happen. Well, they're home against the Steelers, and by the time you listen to this, this game will probably have already happened. They have the, they're home against the Steelers, they're by, then they host the Bengals, then they host the Raiders, then they go to Atlanta, then they go to Kansas City, host Tampa Bay, go to LA to play the Chargers, and host the Browns to end the season. And this is a season where they're going to be home. For five out of the last eight games, which is very nice. And if they want to make the playoffs, right now they're four and four. They need to go six and two to make the playoffs. They need to win some big games. And ideally, you want to hear what are the six games you want to win. You want to beat the Steelers, the Bengals, the Browns, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and probably the Falcons. Maybe the Buccaneers. And that's not going to ha- probably happen though. They have to beat the Steelers. Here's why: those two teams are going to be fighting for the division lead all year. If the Ravens have the advantage of having won both head-to-head matchups against them. That is huge in playoff bracketing. Huge. That's a must-win game, as is the game against the Bengals. You can't be 0-2 against a division rival who you're competing with a playoff spot. And it helps that they're going to have their bye before the Bengals. I think the Ravens win both of those games. They host the Raiders. That will be a cakewalk. But then they're going to Atlanta, and that'll be a tough game. And they've got a chance to win it. But to do it, you have to shut down Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and all those dangerous guys. You've got to put pressure on Matt Ryan. You have to stop Tevin Coleman in the run game. 
It's not going to be easy. Can it be done? Yes. Then you're going to Kansas City. And coming, I want to say, into week four. I don't remember if I said it on here or on a different venue. The Chiefs are very good. Everyone knows that. Pat Mahomes is playing lights out right now. And I thought that there were two teams who could beat the Chiefs. The Patriots and the Ravens. The Patriots, because Bill Belichick is very good at tricking a a young quarterback who's not going to have seen everything at the Ravens because this is a really good defense, a defense that this will probably be the best defense Mahomes will be playing all year. And I think they've got a chance to win that game, and that will be a huge win if they can pull that off. Then they're home against the Buccaneers. They should win that whether the quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jamie Swinston. And then there is a tough one, and this one is another important one. They're going to L.A., to play the Chargers, and it's going to be a game which could decide a wild card slot, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to help that it's in a very small venue, only hold about what thirty three thousand fans out there for the Chargers, but that's a game that they have to win because if they win that game, you already want a tiebreaker against the Broncos and the Titans. They've got to do it against the Chargers also, to, and if they can do it against the Chiefs, that will be huge to cement their way into the playoffs. And they're home against the Browns. That should be a win. But the Ravens, you know they're going to have to go 6-2, and two, whether they go 5-0 and oh at home and win one out of the three on the road, or whether they even they could win all three on the road and go 3-3 three and three at home. It's not clear. They've got to be able to win at least two out of the three division games to make the playoffs. And overall, it's going to be really interesting just to see what happens. Let's take a look at the NFL trades and the Giants. Well, they know their season is over. They sent Damon Harrison to the Lions for a fifth-round pick, as well as Eli Apple, the promising young cornerback, to the Saints, and a move which will bolster a Saints secondary, which had struggled earlier in the year. And this is a very good job by the Saints to be able to pick that up and... Well, the Giants, they know their season's over. They've got one win on the year. And definitely not the way they want their season to be. The, another team that has made some two moves, well, was the Packers. They sent HaHa ha Clinton Dix to the Redskins for a fourth-round draft pick. And that's a move where you're cutting salary for the Redskins. They're bolstering their defense. The Redskins are 5-2. and two. They're a threat in the NFC East. Well, I think it definitely helps that they've been playing weak teams, though. You've got the Packers seeming to realize this isn't their season. They've got to be able to figure out what to do, how to get themselves back in the playoffs. In the limited time, they're going to still have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, he's getting older. You're not going to have him forever. And then the Packers, well, they're running back. Ty Montgomery, he, he disobeyed in order from head coach Mike McCarthy to not return a kickoff, he returned the kickoff and fumbled it and lost the Packers the game. Well, right after that, that right at the deadline, the Packers, they sent Ty Montgomery to the Baltimore Ravens for a 2020 seventh-round draft pick. That's a great deal by Ozzie Newsom. You're getting a guy who's pretty. He's got pretty good hands. He's a threat out of the backfield in the passing game. He's a very good compliment to Alex Collins, and he gives you more depth than running back. You're giving up a seventh-round draft pick, not next year, but the year after. It's a great move. A 
great, great move. And it could have been that the Packers would have cut Montgomery either way, but that's a very small price to pay for a guy who could be a starting running back in the National Football League. Then it was other big news to a dominant, a former dominant team sent a player to a very dominant team, the Packers. I'm sorry, the Jaguars sent Dante Fowler to the Rams for a 2019 third-round pick and a 2020 fifth-round pick. The Jags, they know they need a quarterback as well as some other position groups to get their chemistry back to get that team into a Super Bowl contender. And they're sending it to a very good Rams team already, and a, that will just really make that team really, really dangerous, both on offense and on defense. They're still undefeated. This, well, it's just a really, really good team they've got in L.A. Well, the Broncos, they sent Demarius Thomas to the Texans for a fourth round and a seventh round draft pick. The Lions sent Golden Tate to the former Super Bowl champions, the Eagles. That's a third round pick, and nice deal by the Eagles. Low cost, another downfield threat for Carson Wentz to compliment Alshon Jeffrey and that receiving group. The Browns sent Carlos Hyde to the Jaguars for a fifth-round pick. And the Browns are doing this because they've got guys like Nick Chubb in the backfield who they want to give more time. and you want It's a salary cut. But at the same time, the Jags, without Leonard Fournette, they've really struggled running the football. Good trade for both teams. The Raiders, they sent Amari Cooper to the Cowboys for a first-round draft pick. And a lot of people were very skeptical they would be able to get a first-round draft pick for Amari Cooper. But they did. Great job there by the Raiders, knowing they have to rebuild. Cowboys, he got another down-the-field threat, who is very dangerous. Nice trade over there. And those were the NFL trades, and this was Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Center.